Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's get you reconnected to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle. He don't ever get rattled, he just goes till the sun goes down. Welcome to Food Chat. This is Chef Jackson Lamb, your host at Food Chat, along with Greg Bloom. Greg Bloom is at a national food conference and is not here today, but we have a great guest speaker lined up. What is Food Chat all about? Food Chat is about food production including farming, ranching, processing, basically all the things involved in getting food from the field to your table. Greg is a rancher and a farmer. I'm a chef and a consumer, and we kind of represent everybody that eats. So with that, today I have a terrific guest speaker, Mr. Alan Castillo. Met him years ago, uh, and he's got a great story. So Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chef. Thank you so much for, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'll tell you what, I was always impressed from the day I met you with what you do. And uh, Pan Americana Media, what is that all about? I'm very curious about that. Thank you so much. Uh, Pan Americana Media is a company that started a few years ago with the interest of helping a small business, helping the community to communicate better. What we do is we help uh, the business to communicate create content and to create connections with the market out there well i think that's a nice simple explanation (laughs) to come up with you know um we met through the hispanic restaurant association uh so we really have some great uh fun times in the past but let's talk about mexican food oh you know worth a mention also alan is you and i put in some volunteer hours uh, at a culinary training facility that people are at or below the poverty level. Housed, healthy, and working is something that both Alan and I do. We go out there every other week. We have young kids that are trying to learn the culinary arts, and we critique their food. And through those critiques, I've really gotten to know Alan a little bit better. So, Alan, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about why you're qualified to be on the show today? Yeah, thank you so much. Well, um, the, the, the food industry and, 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 and cooking has been in me the whole, like my whole life. I grew up in Mexico City. I'm born and raised there. I moved to the U.S. when I was 25. Um, but in Mexico, my family used to have restaurants. And my mom, when, 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 when I was a kid, my mom used to be a server. So I grew up in the kitchen. I grew up in the restaurant industry. So that is where my, my passion for, for cuisine and my passion for for the, the kitchen is, is, um, is, is come from. I'm, I'm sure that is in your blood. That's wonderful. And, you know, so many of us get involved in this industry because of other family members or parents or even grandparents. So, Alan, I've been up and down uh, Mexico from... Uh, from Oaxaca to Puerto Escondido to Zicatella, up to Mexico City and uh, Lorito. The food in all of these regions is different. And, you know, I think Americans, we love going to some of these local Mexican restaurants, but the food that you get in Mexico is a little bit different. Can you give us an overview 
of um, the different regions of Mexico and, and what they might specialize in? Yes, yes, of course. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, because growing in Mexico, I used to call just food, you know, like we, we, we never know that that was Mexican food. For us, it was just food. Moving to the States, uh, to the U.S., when, when, when I, the first time that I visited a Mexican restaurant, I was expecting just the, the, the dishes or the, the food that I was getting in my house. And, and here we have something different. It's like Tex-Mex. There is now more and more and more restaurants that uh, serve like an authentic or they go with um, authentic but with a twist of modern um, in, in them. So, yeah, Mexico is huge. Mexico has the traditional cuisine from, from Mesoamerica, which is the first original tribes in Mexico. And then um, with, with this integration with um, Europe, with Spain, we became something. We, we, we transformed the Mexican roots and this European influence into something different, into something modern. Uh, we have different regions. We go from the Teotihuacanos in the central area. We go to the Zapotecas, which is more on the on the south. We go to the um, to the Nahuatl. We go to the Otomi, Purépecha. Depending on on which state you are in Mexico, you're gonna find different food and you're gonna find like different flavors. So it's it's, it's a whole experience to go and visit every single state in Mexico because you're gonna get something completely different from one state to the other. Alan, I'm sure when you came to the U.S., did you go to Taco Bell? Unfortunately, that's what Mexicans, uh, that's what Americans think that Mexican food is, and that's it's completely opposite of that. Yeah, I, I, I visit Taco Bell, and, and many people in Mexico, they, they, they feel that Taco Bell is not tacos, you know, but you need to understand that those are tacos just, just different, you know. It's not Mexican food, it's just Tex-Mex. You know, I think uh, looking at that non-authentic food and calling it Tex-Mex is just the best way to explain it away. It's perfect. Very good. Hey, how about, um, you know, what are your favorite Mexican foods to prepare and enjoy? I really love to prepare, like, a lot of stuff. Lately, I have been cooking at home, and I'm, I, I'm making chicken tinga. I have been making, like, squash with, with cheese. Uh, I use a lot of potato because I like it, and I learned from one of um, one of the chefs here in Colorado, Chef Pablo Aya, that there is more than 300 different potatoes out there. So I'm trying to experiment a little more with potatoes. Uh, I like to do pozole. I'm not really good with pozole. You know that needs to be uh, someone with more experience than me. But I like to try. I like to try different things every single every single day with different ingredients that we have available in in the U.S. Very good. You know, one of the comments you had at the last uh, training session we had with uh, the culinary kids was about pasta. Now, we don't really generally think of pasta and Mexican food, but you fell in love with that when you came to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the way that we in, in, in America, in the U.S., the way that we see pasta is more on the Italian side. Uh, in Mexico, we, we use pasta, but we use it more like on a soup. Uh, with a tomato, you know, like tomato paste. So it's a little different. It's more like a broth instead of going more into into the Italian uh, side. So here in the U.S., you know, like I, I, I do uh, pasta a lot. And talking with these people in the kitchen, 
sometimes they go with pasta because yeah, you can find pasta in the in fine dining, but also you can find pasta on 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 like these these house that they don't have that much money, you know, like pasta is, is, is affordable, it's something that you can um, cook on different ways. You can add different ingredients and make it like really simple or really fancy as you wish. Yeah. So, but is pasta indicative to Mexican cuisine? In Mexico City, you know, like we use uh, pasta. Um, it's, it's usually when, when, when you are in Mexico, you uh, for, for lunch, that we, we have lunch around like 3 p.m., here is a little early um, because dinner in Mexico is around like seven, eight, even nine p.m. So when when we have um, lunch in in Mexico, we usually eat three dishes, which is gonna be like soup, usually made by uh, the basis pasta. Then we have the uh, like we we can have like rice, or we can have like uh, like chicken broth as second second uh, course. And then we have the main dish. So yeah, usually like you get pasta every single day in Mexico City. In other in other states, you don't get that much um, um, influence with pasta. You don't get that much dishes based on pasta. Alan, I would imagine that uh, we're seeing those kinds of dishes in Mexico City because it's an international city, and we really need to be serving food to all people of the world. Not everybody is gonna like uh, tacos and burritos and pozole, but um, you know, it's, I've been involved in going to a restaurant where I didn't recognize anything on the menu. So I think it's important that chefs understand that not everybody understands your food and maybe there's a safe item you can have on the menu. Yeah, that's correct. And, 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 and something that I told my friends here in the US is like every time that you go to a Mexican restaurant, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to, to, to ask, what is that, you know? Because people in the industry, people in, in, in restaurants, especially here in the U.S., they are happy to share their, their food. They are happy to share their traditions through the food, you know? So they are more than, than, than happy to serve you and, 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 and guide you be, uh, through, the, through the food that they have on the menu. Yeah. And I also find that when I go out to a place like uh, Los Dos Potrios, not only do they want to teach you, they're very proud of their menu and they're very proud of their cuisine. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, I, I, I had the chance to, to talk with them and, and with, the, with, with the father who, who is the one that started the business. And yeah, they are so happy. They are so proud of, of what they serve. You know, the, the, the recipes that they had is something that they have been developing for, for a long, long time. So yeah, every time that you go to a restaurant, you can ask them. What is what do you recommend or what is this what is that and they are going to be happy to to guide you through the menu well i think uh alan most restaurateurs what they want to do is sell you a return visit and so that comes with communication and good customer service that's correct yeah and 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 mexican and, and especially latin american people we we like to serve people we like to make to make you feel welcome and we like to make you feel happy and, and, and the way that we do that is through food. Excellent. You know, uh, weeks ago, we had a guest speaker on from Colombia, and uh, she had mentioned that Colombia is home to 40 different types of potatoes. So that must be very indicative to the Central and South American countries. Yeah, that's correct. I feel that uh, from Mexico all the way to, um, I would thought probably to Peru, we share a lot of the food uh, ingredients. Um, even here in the U.S. with the with the Native American, 
the, the corn, the different types of corn that we have, the different kind of potatoes, uh, the different ingredients. Yeah, maybe the food is different, but the, the basic in- ingredients, the basic elements are the same. And, and, and there is some um, research that around like the, 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 around like, I will say 600 years ago, uh, all these different um, tribes, all these different um, towns in, 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 in Mesoamerica, they used to get together at least once a year to share different knowledge and to share different food. So that is like, you can, you can find some ingredients in Mexico that you're gonna find in Peru. And, you, and, and some recipes are similar with, with a touch of uh, modern. Very good. You know, Alan, I would imagine also that within uh, uh, Mexico and in some of these northern South American uh, countries, they're not flying produce around like we do in America. You know, in America, we can get strawberries in January that come up from Chile. That's not what the rest of the world does. You know, I'm impressed with the fact that Mexican cuisine it's utilizing the food that's right in the immediate area. Do you find that to be consistent up and down the coasts? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, like even even some ingredients, you know, uh, around September we have this uh, fruit called granada. So that is when we start making uh, a dish called chile en nogada, which is really, really, really traditional for the Mexican Independence Day. It's a dish that they make around that, uh, that time just because the ingredients are available on, on September. Very good. So depending on, on, on the seasons and depending on the region, yeah, we use different different ingredients. And, and sometimes you are excited, you know, you're like, oh, it's, it's almost September. I'm going to get the chile en nogada. Or, oh, it's going to be December. So I'm going to get these buñuelos or I'm going to get this food that is traditional for that month. How interesting that is. Um, just to help me out, when is the Mexican Independence Day? It's uh, September. We celebrate on September 15th, yeah. but the, the, the actual date is September 16th. Well, you know, Alan, don't we do the same thing here? We just got done with the 4th of July, and uh, it's hot dogs and hamburgers and, uh, you know, all, the, all those traditional foods that go with a holiday. We do the same thing with Thanksgiving and Christmas. So uh, that's great to hear. I love it. Yeah, that's correct. Like, um uh, the, the, my first um, Thanksgiving day here, I have a blast because all the food and all the traditions and getting to know a little more about the meaning behind the, the, the date, the meaning behind the food. Alan, you bring up a very good point, and that is years ago I had an opportunity to go down to Oaxaca and train some student chefs at the Universitario de Oaxaca. And they asked me, can you come down and do a classic dish from your country and i'm trying to figure out well what would that be wouldn't be spaghetti meatballs it wouldn't be meatloaf i'm trying to figure out something and i think i ultimately did a uh uh some sort of a barbecue something or other but truly the one american dish that's national we don't see it elsewhere is Thanksgiving dinner. That must have been a treat for you to see the turkey and uh, you know the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the vegetables. That's fantastic stuff. Yeah, I, I love it, you know, because in, in, in Christmas, depending on the region, once again, in Mexico, for example, Mexico City, um, I grew up getting like um, turkey on, 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 on Christmas and, and New Year Eve. So it's something that I was familiar with, the flavor and the ingredients. But here is depending on the family, 
um, depending on, on which state you are. Like sometimes it's more uh, sweet, sometimes it's more, more savory, depending on where you are. So it's, it's really interesting to, to know people from different uh, states here in the U.S. also. Like people from, from the south side of, of the U.S. or people from the north side or, or the west um, or, or east. It's different, different ingredients that they use for, for the turkey. So it's, it's really amazing. You know, back east, they use a lot of cornbread stuffing. Uh, in the west here, I see bread stuffing. So uh, I remember growing up, my dad would make an oyster stuffing. We grew up uh, near the ocean, and so that was a smoked oyster stuffing. I didn't eat it, but he did, so that's fun. Alan, uh, we've got a couple of great Mexican restaurants in the United States, but few Americans really know how to cook proper Mexican cuisine at home. Can you share with our listeners what's an easy-to-prepare Mexican dish that anyone can be successful with? Yeah, for sure. My pleasure. Uh, one of my favorites, because it's easy and it's really, really, really good, um, is alambre. No many people know what alambre is. So alambre, the, 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 the closest thing that we have here in the U.S. is uh, the fajitas. So alambre use the same ingredients. You can do it fajitas from chicken, or you can do beef fajitas, or even like shrimp fajitas. The alambre you can do the same. You can go with um, with beef, you can go with chicken, or you can go with shrimp, or even mix together. So alambre, it's really easy. The only thing that you need to do is like you need to have bell peppers, your protein, which can be chicken, can be um, beef, shrimp, whatever that you want to put on, on as protein. Uh, the only difference between the fajitas and alambre is that usually the way that you cut the vegetables on, on fajita is more like long and a little more like probably like one inch um, thick. And with, uh, with alambre, you go more on, on a dice. So you start with, um, I like to start with a little of bacon. So I don't use oil. I just grab a, a, a pan. I put bacon on it to make it like really, really, really uh, crispy. And then use that fat to cook the onion. You make, you start like cooking the onion until it changes color, because when it changes color, the flavor is different. It's more sweet. So you change the color on the, on the onion, then you add a bell pepper on a dice until it changes color again. It goes more on the, on the sweet side. Then you can add mushrooms. Some people don't like mushrooms. I like to use it. Uh, it gives a different kick on the flavors, but um, if you want to use mushrooms, you can use it. If you don't, you can skip that that um, that step. Then you start adding your protein, and the protein you can season uh, as you like. I know that here in America we, we use a lot of uh, um, pepper and we use salt. I I like to go like natural, just a little salt on the top, uh, maybe a kick of lime on 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 top, just to give a different uh, kick on the flavor. And then the key is to put a lot of cheese. If you can find like Mexican cheese, kind of like um, asadero, there is some places that they sell asadero cheese. It's like mozzarella, but it's, it's, it's a little different. It's, it's melted cheese. So if you put the cheese on top, then you grab some tortillas. You can grab some corn tortillas or some um, flour tortillas, and you, you can make some really, really good tacos. Excellent, excellent. You know, with my journeys to Oaxaca, we've had some of their chefs come up and visit us in Denver. And I recall uh, 
he was doing a demonstration for my class, and he was going to make a basic salsa. And he used a cast iron pan, dry. And I think he put in a tomato, jalapeno, uh, uh, maybe onion. I'm not too sure. But cooked everything dry until the tomatoes broke down. And all of a sudden, he's making this fresh salsa. I might have that recipe incorrect. Can you straighten me out? Yeah, no, I, I think that is a, a, um, a way to do the salsa. Uh, that is called salsa tatemada. In some, in some regions, they call it like that, which means like born uh, salsa, like you born it. So, yeah, you can, you can grab a, a cast iron pan and then start with the, with the chiles, start with the tomato. You can put tomato, you can put tomatillo, uh, the, the onion, and you start like just burning it around, around, around. And then you, if you're going to go more traditional, you're going to get a molcajete and smash the, the, all the ingredients together. If you're going to go more like in, in, in the easy way to do it, you can grab your blender and instead of going all the way, you only shop it a little. Very good. The, so the that key with that salsa is, is to have like a big chunks of the ingredients. Like have um, that, that you can feel and you can see the, the different ingredients on that salsa. Absolutely. Salsa tatemada, that's really good. We put that in the blender too long and all we have is soup. That's correct. Yes, very good. I love that uh, technique. So that's a great salsa recipe. How about this? Can you, let's name five or six dishes that our listeners might not be aware of, but if they go down to Cabo San Lucas or Lorito, or if they go to uh, uh, Cozumel, uh, oh, this is on the menu. I've seen this before. How about four or five dishes that we might not be familiar with that we would love? Yeah, on the, on the, on the coast, I think like you cannot go wrong with, um, in, in, in all the coasts in Mexico either, if it's on the west, on the on the east side, on 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 this Caribbean um, Caribbean side of Mexico, go for like everything that has fresh um, um, like seafood, shrimps, uh, tilapia. Here we have tilapia. There we have like different different uh, kind of uh, fish. If, even you can go with the mojarra, which is gonna be this huge uh, fry um, fish. And, and, and yeah, just, just go with the traditional. Try, try what, what they recommend, you know, because depending on if you are in Cabo or if you are in Cancun, it's going to be different, uh, different, different, um, different way to prepare it. If you go to Mazatlan, they like to use more like spicy ingredients. They like to go more with uh, fried stuff. If you go more on the, on the north side in, in Mexico, La Baja, um, Baja California has a lot of influence with Asian food. So it's going to be different. If you go more on the, on the east side, like Cancun and all that, they have more influence from, from some Spanish uh, dishes. Very good. Alan, when we hear the term Veracruz, what does that indicate? Veracruz, that is, um, that is an state in Mexico. It's on the east, uh, east uh, coast. They use a lot of um, seafood. They they are really really well known for 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 different dishes, and 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 there is a, a dish called pescado a la veracruzana. And what is so in that the dish? Pescado a la Vera, yeah, uh, pescado a la veracruzana is um, is kind of like this. Um, it, it's super healthy, 
super, like really, really flavored. You can do it spicy or you can go without the, the spice. And you, what you need is like fish. Here in the U.S., we can use tilapia. Uh, if, you can, if you can get like a white coat or if you can get a sea bass or something different, you can do it totally. I do not recommend using salmon. Uh, and and it has like um, it has some peppers to make it more like um, uh, more spicy. It uses olives, it uses uh, tomato, some um, yeah like like you can use like black olives or, or just like the green olives, and it's really 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 good. Excellent. Uh, there 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 is a use of uh, something called chile güero. That is really spicy. So if if you don't like the spicy food. You can, you can skip that. Excellent. You know, one of the questions we talked about last week, and I, I didn't address it, but having been to Mexico City, you know, the artwork and the culture are certainly impressive. So as a native, can you help explain how arts and culture and the history of Mexico may have influenced the cuisine? Yeah, sure. Mexico City is, is the, the, the capital in Mexico. And I like to say that Mexico City is like New York or L.A. We have people from all over the, 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 the world. We have people from different countries, but we have people from different regions in Mexico. So Mexico City has this uh, special vibe because you can find food from all over the, the, the world. And, and sometimes that is starts um, mixing together. So we can have like traditional dishes with a combination from, from African flavor, Asian flavors, or even like something that is from Mexico City, but then we add something from, from, from Jalisco. And the, the importance of Mexico City comes from even from the Aztecs. That was the biggest city in Mesoamerica. That was the biggest city um, in, in, 19, in, no, in 1500s. Yeah. So always... Mexico City and always that region in the center of Mexico has been really important, trading different ingredients all over the Mesoamerica, from the tribes that we have in the in the, in the south side of uh, of the U.S. going all the way into uh, into Guatemala and, and and Belize. They used to trade around the whole um, the whole Mesoamerica. So in Mexico City, you can find food from all over, and you can have like really 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 good. Uh, like modern restaurants, like Pujol, which is one of the top restaurants in Mexico City. Very good. Yeah, Alan, we're just about out of time here. Um, uh, thank you so much for the educational tour of the culinary scene in Mexico. Um, hey, one last shout out um, with your uh, uh, Pan Americana Media. Is there a website where maybe some of our listeners might be interested in using your services? Yeah, for sure. It's um panamericana.media that is our website or like even if you want uh, to know a little more about this or, or to talk more about food you can you can follow me on Instagram which is I am underscore Alan Castillo Alan is A-L-A-N Castillo and, and yeah let me know if we can help if we can um, if you are looking for Mexican restaurants or if you are looking for new recipes or ingredients I'm always open to help and share a little of my culture Alan, I want to thank you very much for coming on to Food Chat today, and have a great week. Thank you so much, Chef Lamb. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. 
Today's episode of Food Chat is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. RanchFreshMeats.com has the best selection of beef, bison, wagyu, air-chilled chicken, turkey, and duroc pork, and more, all sourced from the family farms and ultra-clean USDA plants that they know personally. Take the mystery out of where your meat comes from and how the animals were cared for and buy your family's meats at RanchFreshMeats.com. Hey, save 10% on your first order by using Food Chat at checkout. Orders over $200 include free shipping. RanchFreshMeats.com Here's to the farmer that plants the fields in the spring The turn from green to that harvest honey Hold one up for the banker downtown They got him on his feet with handshake of money Here's to the farmer's wife That loves him every night Raising a son and a daughter they gather around the table send it up to the father somehow they get closer when times get harder here's to the farmer the views and opinions expressed on klz 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of crawford broadcasting the station management employees associates or advertisers klz 560 is a crawford broadcasting god and country station